Oh, yes. The Jazz Crusaders, later called just the Crusaders, performing way back home at the Montreux Jazz Festival in 2003. Joe Sample on keyboards, Stephen Baxter on trombone, Wilton Felder on saxes, that's alto, and what's the other sax? <laughs> okay, I, this escapes me for a moment. Ray Parker on guitar, Lee Ken, uh, sorry, Kendrick Scott on drums, and Freddie Washington on bass. Uh, I like, happen to like this particular tune. It starts off deceptively slowly, but it really imparts a very deep message that you make all your own way back home. Well, things are happening in this country, and we're going to talk about some of that today. What is going on with the president? And uh, we keep getting these strange vibes and messages from him, from the way he's acting, the way he is posturing, uh, the way he is coming across. It's as if there are times when he's connected and times when he just simply isn't. He's not connected. And he takes his own little private tour someplace else. (laughs) Then he comes back and he reconnects. But we have no idea about what he interprets as continuity of thought and action. He just has his own way of doing things. But it's becoming a little bit disconcerting, I think. Because you wonder whether he's occupying 100% of the space that he's in at the time that he's in it. And when he's not occupying 100% of the space, who is? Or am I just being ridiculous? This is a a problem that, that he should have addressed by now by just simply being engaged in the moment but it seems as if he's having more and more difficulty doing just that so we don't know where he is likely to be at any given time is he with us is he somewhere else in another space in his head Um, are we on the same planet What's going on with Joe Biden? Do you get the same feeling that he may not necessarily be in the same place that we are at the same time? And he will take his time getting to wherever it is he's going, and then he'll tell us where he is by making some kind of a statement that lets us know, oh, he's grounded again. It's very disconcerting. Especially now that the world is getting more and more uh, 
fragmented. We don't need more fragmentation in the White House. We certainly don't need it there. So I have a couple of questions for you. I can't tell you what they are until you call in at 888-874-4888 to tell us that you are eager to answer the questions, whatever they might be, because you're like that. You're brave. You have no fear. <laughs> you, you are eager to live in the moment. And you can handle it. Yeah, if you if you if you're that bold, give us a call. And because there's some very interesting things that we haven't gotten to yet, but it's about time because you know, we could sense the bubble growing. The political bubble is growing. I don't know what it's saying right now, but we can tell there's something afoot. Um, and people are kind of watching each other to see where they're going in order to determine, well, should I go there too? Or is it going to be a fight yet? A political fight. There's a lot of stuff still to be fleshed out. Where are people in this time, this space and time? Are they eager to know what's going on in, in the country? Do they have ideas about what's going on? Are they, are they happy? Are they a little bit cautious, very cautious maybe? Are they clear about what they won't tolerate this political season as opposed to previous political seasons? What is, what is the mood? And where is it leading us? That's where we're going. So I have questions for you. So call up and find out what they might be. And then tell us what the answer is from your perspective. How do you explain some of these things that are going on? Are we... Are we there yet, or are we just getting we're just getting settled, but we're gauging how other people are moving? But let's start with the president. What vibes do you get from Joe Biden? Do they trouble you, and why? That's the first question. Any takers? What vibes do you get? from Joe Biden. Are you concerned? Or are you okay with where he is? And where is that exactly? Do you know? Or do you think you know? Give us an answer. Let's hear what you're thinking. This would be a political season like no other because so many things have are coming together and we're not used to all this stuff coming together 
in one big old exploding ball. But we need to be prepared and we need to talk about what we are feeling about this political season. How will it end? How is it going to shape up? What are going to be the issues raised in the short term and in the long term? If you were standing right next to Joe Biden right now, what would you ask him? What would you want to know from him? Or is it something that you could wait for, the answer? You could wait for the answer. Because you have some feelings, but you don't know yet what to make of what you feel. Because things have a little habit of requiring a little more cooking. <laughs> so that the, the flavors intensify over time. And sometimes when things start out supposedly looking very clear, you, you may find yourself months down the road saying, I didn't get this at all, not when it first started. Now it's completely different. So I have to change my mind. Are you clear about anything yet? Are you concerned about anything yet? That's the question. I understand the hesitancy because technically we are ahead of the game of it uh, in which we will be putting ourselves out there saying, well, this is what I'm feeling right at the moment. But that's the whole point. You give your opinion and the caution is this is how I feel at the moment. This is what I'm thinking at the moment. So what are you thinking at the moment? Will it develop into something? Or is it going to be a huge explosion that you didn't expect? That's the question. I'm not going to push you. Uh, it's just something that you might want to begin to address because we're seeing signs of things developing and we don't know in what direction it would take the whole country, probably. It may take us somewhere where we never expected it to go. And it may confront us in a way that we never expected to be confronted, but we'll have to deal with it. If you were asked to cast a vote now, not necessarily for a person, we're not talking about who you're going to vote for, but what are you thinking would be the right thing to vote for now? What? What is the most appropriate thing to vote for now? What's your answer? If you were asked to cast a vote for something now, what would that be and why? What does a country need now more than it needed years ago or just even 
recently? Any ideas? Okay, well then let me ask you, yourself. Let's move away from the the broad view and let me ask you the narrow view. What do you, as a person, an American, this is political season, it's beginning, what is your attitude about politics, how it's developing, what would seem to be the issues that people will be encouraged to set their sights on and develop some kind of an attitude or opinion about in order to cast their vote. Do you have any ideas? <laughs> oh my gosh. This is a, a silent night and holy night going on here. I'm not hearing anything from anybody. So it means that nobody's thinking. Nobody has thoughts today. You're all thought out. You have no thoughts. I can't believe that. It's, it can't be true. I refuse to accept it. All right. Ed from Queens, you start us off. Thank God. Good afternoon, Dietrich. Good afternoon, Ed. What How are you doing? Thoughts? How are you doing? I'm hanging in. I'm hanging in like everybody else. We are all hanging in. You and me both, you know. Um, as far as any political ideas or voting aspirations, now to be honest with you, I don't really have any. I'm totally disillusioned with the American political system as it stands. I don't think any party is really representing the common man's needs at large and my needs on a personal level. Um, I don't see I don't see any movements being made as far as well prevalent or uh, most pressing issue for me right now is gun control with all of these uh mass shootings. We're at like the hundred and forty seventh, I think hundred and fiftieth day in the year twenty twenty and we've already had over two hundred and fourteen mass shootings. That shootings involving more than four or five people. And this government, these politicians are just uh, are ridiculous. I mean, they're talking about hardening of schools and door safety and only having one exit. I mean, it would if it wasn't so pathetic, it would be funny just on that aspect, just on that aspect alone. I mean, they, they can't even have a right. You can't even have a rational debate. You can't even have a, a meaningful conversation with this government anymore. To, to me, they feel like a bunch of morons. And uh, to be totally honest with you, um, I concentrate. I've always been, I've always said it. You know, I've said it on your show. I've said it to other people. I concentrate on what I can do locally. I try to work, you know, to, to improve my immediate surroundings as far as politically speaking. In New York, it's a hot mess. I'm already, I'm already taking the class to be a poll worker again. And, uh, Last year was a mess, and this year looks like the same type of mess. That's why I took the early class online, so I'll be ready. Um, it's just, uh, it, it, politically speaking, it's just a joke. There are very few, and there aren't any national politicians that I believe have any 
type of real direction or any type of real intelligence to deal with the to deal with the economic issues, to deal with the personal safety issues, to deal with the violence issues. Um, you know, locally there are a few Hakeem Jeffries here. Um, uh, there's another woman I can't remember her name. She's used to the council. She seems to be pretty proactive in the Southeast Queens area. But other than that, on the national level, uh, you know, I, I totally washed my hands of it. I mean, I think it's a joke. Is anything forming that you you beginning to recognize as perhaps the beginnings of a theme or major area of concern? Well, like I said, gun, gun safety, that, that's a major area of concern. Abortion rights, I mean, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't really have a dog in the fight. I don't have, I think it's a woman's right to choose. I believe it's a medical procedure. I don't believe that and in the definition of life being at the moment of conception, I believe life is a viable human being, an entity that can think and speak for itself or has the potential to think and speak for itself. And I believe it's a medical procedure. I just, I'm just, uh, this country is, is, is that an illogical impact. And I think we're, like I said before, I think we're in the decline of empire. You just got to buckle up and, and try to grab onto what you can to make your life livable or bearable and prepare for the prepare for the ride. Just be aware. I mean, we've got a country where you, you can't get medical insurance for $40 billion to go to fight a war that has nothing to do with anybody in this country. And there's no there's no dissent. There's no debate. The only dissent was by some uh, political right-wingers who were just trying to hold up stuff. But there's no logical dissent. There's no, there's not even outrage or protest. I mean, you know, the country is impotent and apathetic. Wow. If I had a handkerchief, I'd be crying in it right now. Based <laughs> on what you said. Sometimes Thanks, Ed, for getting us started today. Thank you so much. Liz from New York, you're on the air. What's your feeling of how things are trying to break through as a theme of some sort. What do you think it is? Liz is not there? Okay. Hello, can you hear me? Oh, is? Yeah. There you are. Okay. Did you you hear what I said? I guess not. No, I did not hear you. Okay, what I said is that we should take account and uh, take actions with our words, okay? Uh, we need to get a group. To, uh, you're, you're, the group that you have here is fabulous. They, they themselves can be for the people and by the people. Let's start it and work with the Green Party and have our own thing because the Green Party uh, is very much like us. They are not able to get ahead because they don't have enough people and they don't, ha- don't have enough people with the right mindsetting. And a lot of the people, uh, a lot of the family members are calling on you. They have the right mind setting. So let's let's get let's stop talking and let's get some action. Okay, that's it basically. Okay, thank you. I like that. Short like that too. to the point, and and that's it. Just deal with it. Uh, okay, Yvette from the Bronx, you're on the air. How is it shaping up? you think, for you personally, but for also the 
the larger community. What are you getting? Okay. I, I would say kudos to my brother, Ed. <laughs> he had me laughing, but it's not really funny. Um, the state of this country is, is unbelievable. The, the ignorance, the lack, again, the lack of vision, vision, intelligence. I mean, just on a, looking at world politics, okay, we're an empire, we're an empire, and they're still trying to go and grab on people's resources. But in the end, they're not seeing this is not going toward a good end, you know. Maybe we've come to a time of collaboration, um, negotiation, taking your money and being wise with it, taking care of your citizens. Um, they're not even, they have a clue on how to get this uh, train back on track. I'm just very disillusioned with the leadership and the people that are coming up. Um, as to Liz, I just spoke. Um, I don't know if another, um, I don't know, another political party, the Green Party, and then who do we have to deal with as a party um, to get this whole thing going? Because I think a lot of the powers that be, um, they're looking at how can we continue this charade? How can we continue it? And anyone who tries to um, get the train back on some semblance of stability, they have the money and the wherewithal where they'll just try to sort the uh, entire process. I don't think anybody really cares about the citizens, the people, it's all about the money and how much can they little, get. Aren't you a little bit, uh, aren't you a little bit, how should I say it? Uh, aren't you being really, really pessimistic? Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, a lot of my friends say, I always say, I want to get out of this place, but maybe I want to get off the I don't know. <laughs> My whole thing is, I I just feel like I want to get out of America, and and I said, and so everybody says, but everywhere around the world has problems, and yeah, but not like here. We definitely have a social, psychological problem here. The guns are one thing, yes, the country was built on guns, but the the part of it that's the scariest is. Our children have lost their minds. And I'm not sure whether it comes from the pharmaceutical, giving them drugs from the time they're in elementary school on up, what, but there's something not psychologically right in this country. You, we were seeing some months ago where people would, Elder could walk on the street and someone just comes up and punch you in the face, okay? Knock you down, knock you out. What is that about? Really? We, we no longer have respect for elders. We are not spiritual. We don't have anything that's putting us on a positive frame. Everybody's so angry. 
quick to pull out a gun and shoot you. I mean, what the heck is going on here? This is a social... What do you think? What do you suspect is going on here? Well, right now, I'm thinking that we're way too far into the drug mode. You know, we don't even know how the drugs uh, are affecting our brains and our reactions. Our food, definitely. The way we eat is horrible. Our children coming up, if you see what they eat, it's a mess. So it's not nourishing the brain. It's not nourishing the body. And I think in this country, we're, we're done. I, I really do. I'm, I'm starting to feel like Ed. Ed and I could, <laughs> Ed and I could you know, really get it. But I, 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 I and the, I, I don't believe you're done. I, I think you, you're exasperated like many, many people are. Maybe that's it. Uh, but you're not done. You got you have a lot to to pr- to produce yet. So don't even say that again. Well, as Ed would say, I try to do as much as I can with the young people, and not only the young people, but the uh, the mothers coming up, because I I find that a lot of the young mothers they're exasperated. They cuss at their kids. They um, yank them, pull them, shake them. I mean, I live in the South Bronx. I see it all the time. It's terrible. You don't want to, uh, some people say, you know, you have a lot of nerve to even try to talk to these people. But sometimes I do, but sometimes it's not taken. But if you don't even know how to speak to your child, how the heck are you going to bring up the next generation to have compassion and love for each other and not everybody's coming up angry okay so mm. I don't know it, you know if if I could think of something um, like a lot of times when I went into the school system I said well I'll give back to my community I'll help in that and I went into a junior high school I said this is not it this is this is already too late and then I'm saying, well, how do we grab that bull? Do we grab it by the head or by the tail? Because the problem is so deep, especially in our community. Um, it, 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 I don't know. It's, the church is not as viable as it used to be. You know, at one point, the church had a lot of say uh, in the community values, et cetera. A lot of people have gone away from that. Parents don't take their children to church anymore. I I don't know. It's kind of like a breakdown, moral, psychological, emotional breakdown of humans. Well, you struggled with the answer, but you gave us a very, very detailed answer. And you're onto something. Believe it or not, you you may not think that you are on course, but you are very much so. Mm. And I hope that you don't lose focus just yet. We need we need people like you to keep us focused. And you're sounding the alarm very loudly 
I heard it very clearly. And I want to thank you for contributing that today. Thank, thank you, you so much. Okay. You're welcome. Christopher from New York, you're on the air. Yes, um, I never heard of you before. I heard you by accident, and I am very intrigued, Ms. Doliad. I really, I'm from New York City. I used to be yes. in, in journalism and, and uh, stopping bad things from happening, some big developments I stopped that I got into the newspaper and they got stopped. Anyhow, I, I'm a, I got three things to talk about, and it scares the hell out of me. I'm 73 years old, and I've been around the block in New York City, so... Anyhow, when, when Elizabeth Warren tried to stop Amazon from selling a book... Now, I didn't look into the book. I think it's a book about viruses and alternative uh, reasoning and such and such. But to have this woman the audacity to tell me what to read scared the hell out of me. Okay, we go to the next step. What comes after that? Joe Biden goes to Homeland Security. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up the step a little bit. Sure. Why sure. is it? Why does that scare you? That she is telling you what to read. That's none of a business what I read. It's called the First Amendment. Okay. Why right. do you? Why do you interpret it that way as opposed to? Somebody just trying to pass the word along about a book you ought to read. Well, first of all, she has political power, and she tried to stop that book from being sold. And that's against the First Amendment. And, you know, I don't care what people read, and I don't even, I, I, I suppose the book was anti-vaccine. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. But I have a right to read that. I, I'm old enough. I'm a citizen. I can make my own decision. And when politicians make decisions for citizens, that's very dangerous. Especially but, about what you ought yes. to read or not read. Okay. Exactly. You've got to go but this continues. This is a three-pronged story. It's a whopper. <laughs> it really, it really is. Look, I, I can. I always had a thing for reading people, and when things were sneaky or wrong, I just had a sixth sense. I should have been a detective. I would have been a good detective. Anyhow, okay. So Joe Biden tries to go to Homeland Security and enforce some kind of Ministry of Truth. Okay, that didn't work out too good for the same reason. Okay, now it gets to the third part that gets really scary, where it connects. And it seems to all be connecting to medicine. And that really scares me, is because of this. I have two doctors I'm seeing right now, a general practitioner, who always telling me to shut up because they ask a lot of questions. Get another doctor. Don't argue with me. You're crazy. Okay, so I shut, I, I, I shut up. His office is, well, his office is 10 feet away. That's why I go to him. All right. Anyhow, I go to a second doctor for an opinion on something with my kidney because he he told me a lie. He said I had I didn't have a Sydney kiss uh, cyst. I'm sorry, and I suspected it was probably nothing, but he lied to me about it. Okay, so I go to another specialist that he doesn't know. So I uh, get my test results. I go to this other doctor, and uh, she tells me, uh, yeah, it's it's nothing. It, it, he probably didn't want to get you upset. I said, well. Still, he lied to me. Not good. Okay. 
So then the next time I visit the second doctor, I found out that the WHO, the World Health Organization, wants to get, uh, go into a treaty with us, which is already signed, they want to amend it, where they will have the right for people who join this, the states, I guess, where they could forcibly vaccinate you. So I asked her about this. I said, is it really true? And, you know, she told me that this really made me get so scared. She said, it's much worse than you think. And she was going on a limb. She told me federal, state, and local governments, in New York State at least, have gag orders that they, she can't talk about certain things. They'll take her license away. And she, has, she basically treats women. And she says, I have a, you know, a, a lot of women I treat, and I don't want to lose my license. And I, I understood, and I didn't want to go into it deeper, but this scares the hell out of me that the government is telling doctors what to do. Now, this is sort of reminiscent of uh, Germany and all that. I mean, this is so scary that they can threaten doctors like this. Who knows what, and believe me, they're corrupt doctors. Who knows what they can make them do? And most people trust their doctors, which is a big mistake, believe me. I know 12 dead people that made that mistake. Get a second opinion, I always say at least that. And they're gone, you know. Boom. And you want to know the main reason? They're afraid to embarrass the, uh, get embarrassed in front of the doctor that they went to another doctor, that, like they don't trust them. Well, anyhow, this scares me that the government is trying to manipulate the medical profession in this country where the doctors are not independent anymore. And I can understand certain things that the government disagrees, but there should be a dialogue where everyone can say what they want to say. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of a doctor who's manipulated by the government, and this is starting to happen. And I didn't believe it. Now I know why my first doctor went berserk, because they threatened him too. Now, God knows what these things are. This, this, the second doctor, wouldn't, she couldn't go into it, obviously because I don't even think she was supposed to talk about it. So anyhow, this is what's starting to creep in. Now, what is involved? Why is this? Well, you know, you can get into the Klaus Schwab thing. Klaus Schwab. Yeah, I mean, this guy is scary, and he's very powerful, and they just had these meetings over in Switzerland. And I think the elite that run the world... And, I'm, you know, I don't know about the, the truth or not of Illuminati's and all, you know, all the conspir conspiratorial theories. But the World, uh, uh, the world uh, Forum, World Health Forum, no, no, the World Health Schwab runs, he's a scary person. They talk about transhumanism through uh, medicine. You know, I mean... For some reason, you're, you're breaking up yes. quite a bit. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, ever since they got Bell System out, you can't talk on the phone anymore. Probably cuts, cuts down on sex, phone sex anyhow. I can't hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, when the Bell System was in, when they started phone sex, I wanted to get in that business because there was so much money in it, and they told me it would never happen. <laughs> oh. What a joke. But anyhow, this thing, no, this is a very serious thing, and I lost so many friends. My girlfriend won't even talk to me about it. It upsets people so much, and, and I got sick over it, really. But the thing is, 
this is happening. And and people better wake up. I mean, it's not good because if you can't trust your doctor, and most people go to the doctor all the time now. You know, when I when I was very young, people nobody went to the doctor much unless you broke a leg or something, or you you know something minor, or you got sick. But you know, doctors and people are interbred today. And they take all these pills, and they do a lot of things, and we're sort of like one big happy family. But if you can't trust doctors, what do you? I, I don't. I don't know what to tell you. I know. I know people who say stay away from the doctors if you can, which probably is good advice. And you know, I, I don't. I don't know what to say. But these three things that happen, and they're all connected with censorship of the doctors being gag-ordered. And that, that, that woman doctor told me, I'm gag-ordered, I can't say anything. And she got letters, or I don't know if it was from a computer letter or emails, from the federal, state, and local governments. You cannot talk about certain things. You can't, um, I, don't, I don't know, she couldn't tell me everything. Now, you know, she's hoping I'm not a big blabbermouth and no one knows who she is, but the thing is, this is if it's happening to the two doctors I know, and the, and the first doctor, I thought he was crazy. He used to curse at me. I mean, I never, I, I, I never had a doctor in my life curse at me. I mean, real foul, foul language is, get out of here, you don't like it here, you don't you disagree, get, go. Now I know why. He's a younger doctor, which means he probably has, he's in debt for a long time to pay back his bills, and, uh, if he lost his, you got to remember something else. Most doctors are not independent anymore. They're part, they're part of consortiums and and uh, mm-hmm. groups of doctors, and you, you know it, it, it's all money. It's it's a it's a real business now. It's and I you know I don't know what to tell you, but anyhow, those three things are connected. And well, who's ever I listening? Want to thank you. Yeah. I want to thank you for that too, Bill, and offering them for our consideration. Thanks, Okay, good talking with you. All right. Bye-bye. Same here. Bye-bye. Okay. Kathy, you're on the air. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can hear you okay. Yeah, I sometimes have bad connections out here. I'm up in the mountains in New York. Um, Oh. I'd like to answer your first question, which... You came up with the second question very quickly. Your first question was, if you could pass a law, just one law, what would it be? Um, so if that's still open, I'd like to respond to it. Yes, sure. Go okay. right ahead. And i just like to say that while I was listening um, for the last 10 or 15 minutes, it occurred to me that I, I probably could have included a lot more in, the, in this law because it could be a 2,000-page law if I really wanted it to be. Um, like our our Congress does all the time. But I'm going to just take it the way you gave it, which is one thing. One thing would be to get rid of the CIA and the NSA and all the secret agencies. And they're unconstitutional, and I think that that would take care of a substantial amount of the problems we're having now, just to start. Why do you say they're unconstitutional? Well, hmm... I just started reading up on it. Um, Basically, there's no authority for these agencies who have no, like, you know, most other things have board, um, have secretaries, you know, to to run them. Um, They, you know, they sit with the president. 
Um, also, the um, oh, the one that Bush started after 9-11, the Homeland Security. Um, I haven't researched it as much as I would like that I can give you a really legal answer to it. But um, in my reading, that subject has come up, and it does sound like, yeah, where, where is the authority to have a CIA that goes into other countries and overthrows governments? Like, they, and, and has no accountability for it. Um, I think that the early presidents, when this was enacted, um, up until Kennedy, I think they were against these particular organizations, and they saw they saw what was coming. Um, I read that book, um, The Devil's Chessboard. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I can't recall the author. Um, it was about the creation of oh. the CIA, um, and it's a tough read. Well, it's a long read. It's 500 pages. So, and it's yeah, it's a long read, um, and you realize all the kind of shenanigans that went on to create it. And when we talk about um, all of these things going on within our government that we're unaware of, it seems like it was kind of happening back then, and that's how they were able to get the CIA going. And I think none of us are really safe from propaganda, safe from being spied upon, um, and I, I think that our government is at threat because um, the, the CIA has access to all of this information. Not just the CIA. There's 52 secret agencies like the CIA and the NSA. And so they have access to everything within our government. I mean, they spy on other members of other governments. What's to say they're not spying on our own um, you know, this is a government that has done, and I think it was the CIA that was behind the LSD experiments on, on our own public. I mean, there's just been so many atrocious things going on, and the CIA, these secret agencies, are always at the root of it. And doctors, too, with the torture. Um, the earlier person um, that was on, the earlier gentleman, talked about trusting the doctors. You know, the doctors have, um, you know, they're the ones that have taught the torturers, our torturers, how, how to torture and, and monitor it. I mean, there's just been these horrendous things going on. And you said if there's one law and not a 2,000-page law but just one law, I would get rid of the CIA and the NSA and all of these in the Homeland Security as well and all the other secret agencies. You don't see any of these agencies fulfilling, uh, I want to be very careful so that people don't misinterpret what I'm saying, fulfilling what is expected of them. They are given orders to be like this uh, in the name of security, in the name of you know, uh, keeping our borders safe, keeping citizens safe. Sometimes you have to do a little underhanded stuff. How about that as an explanation? Um, I'm sorry, can you repeat your question for me? All these things that you 
outlined, and I'm not denying anything that you're saying, but the counter-argument is in order for us to keep our country and every American safe, sometimes we are called upon to do things that are, you know, not even us. We, We are not proud of having to do them, but we have to do them in order to assure the safety of the country as a whole. What do you think of something like that? Advocate, um, I don't think that um, the bad is justified by whatever good they may do. Um, Also, I don't know that you're correct. I, I mean, I haven't read, you know, the legislation which enacted them. Um, but I don't know what the scope of their, their power was given. But the real problem is there's no accountability. There's no transparency, and there's no accountability. And that's a problem, be it in the court system, we have a problem of accountability and trans... And, and trans um, uh, transparency? Transparency, exactly. Whenever you're lacking that... Now, what I was talking about, the unconstitutionality of it is that there should be a cabinet position because then there's accountability. You know, there's, there's a suspicion, too. I mean, even, even the money, our taxpayer dollars, there's no accountability. There's all these black funds that go to fund these organizations. I, I think the taxpayer has a right to know where their money is going and what their money is doing. And whenever you have people who have unlimited secretive funds with no limitations on their power, this is when bad things are going to happen. And I don't think any of it's justified um, by any so-called, quote, good that they do. I don't know that we need secret agencies to police the border. We have police. We have federal immigration people we have I, I don't see that we need that but that might be because you've never run a country and you've never run a country in a specific time frame where things are just outrageous if if we really learned what happens in that arena of spying and counter-spying and uh, how people set out to destroy other countries. I mean, these are plans. They will defend them and say these are legitimate plans and we exist in order to head off the possibility of even worse things happening. What do you say? Well, I think they're the cause of the worst things happening. And I think when you have situations like that, I think you have organizations whose best interest is, is to keep chaos going so that they can keep the funds coming. Just like the FDA likes to call crisis crisis for like the last 20 years so they can get more funding. This is the game that's played in Washington, is you want to keep your funding. And again, we get back to transparency. How do you know? This is, this is the problem with this conversation. How do you know what you're saying? You don't. 
you know, you're, you're presupposing and we're, you know, you're doing devil's advocate. And I'm guessing on a certain level, too, except for, you know, certainly, you know, MKUltra is no guess. I mean, we, we have, you know, congressional hearings in the 70s regarding these horrendous programs. Uh, we, we have, you know, torture. Um, in, we have Abu Ghraib, if I'm saying it correctly. Um, these are all CIA Ghraib, operations. Ghraib. But, you know, here's the thing, and I appreciate your point. I'm not trying to uh, negate your point. But do we ever stop to think that the business of keeping the country safe from attack, from being undermined, uh, from people having evil intentions, it requires a response that also has these elements as, as very, very central to the operation that they're working for. It's like saying you can draw a, a, a straight line down the middle and on the left side are the goodies, the good guys, and the right side are the bad guys. Everybody's a mixture of both. Don't you think? I absolutely agree, and you're making my point. When you have people who are human and have human nature, and you give them unbridled power with as much money as they want, and nobody, not even, not even the president knows what they're doing. And this is, this is scary stuff. You know, you can't justify people who go against the law and try to assassinate leaders of other countries. But that's part of the whole reason that they say they help to keep the, the nation intact. They have to kill off the bad guys. And we don't want to know that. We don't want to know this reality. I think there's a law against killing, killing uh, leaders of other countries that was passed um, through, through our Congress and signed into oh, law. There are all the kinds press. of laws. That all kinds of laws that reinforce the notion that the United States is a nation of laws. Okay. That's for the public consumption. When you're talking about really how these things are run, you can't get certain things done if you obey the law. How I don't know whether you take it seriously or not right now. I don't know whether you're just trying to play devil's advocate or you really sincerely <laughs> believe what you're saying because I, I, it just sounds so bizarre to me. I, I don't really know how to I know it sounds bizarre, but guess what? It's very real. There are agencies. What's real to me is our Constitution, and as weak as our yes, Congress is, you know, that's also. I understand it. You, you, you believe in the Constitution and all these things, as do most people. Most people would would tend to say that. However, if they really knew what these agencies, why they were formed why they operate and continue to operate, what they really do, do you think you would approve? 
let me ask you, do you really know why they were formed? Because I can tell you from reading the Devil's Chessboard, it, it seemed like they were formed just because you had a bunch of psychopaths who want more power. <laughs> that was my <laughs> Well, that's one explanation. But it is very true that in most countries, there, there are departments or uh, organizations that are charged with doing the things we find absolutely objectionable, wrong, immoral. That's what they are charged to do, to kill people secretly. To blow up things with people. I don't support that. And I think well, we that don't need support to take it, but I wrote, it doesn't exist. Are you, are you saying that you don't think that it exists? That this does not happen? That there is oh, no such thing? Oh, I think that there's horrible things going on. The stuff that is, is factually documented is horrible enough. I, I can't imagine the stuff that. Um, is really going on, but the one would you feel? How would you feel knowing that the functioning of these organizations, these secret organizations, and these horrible people, they in fact ensure your notion of safety? I disagree with that. They don't ensure safety for me at all. I think they ensure unsafety. Okay, I think they are a threat to everybody on this earth. And I think that's why the United States is having diminished standing right now. And the only way that the United States got away with doing the stuff that they did is because they were economically so powerful. And right now, that's coming to an end. And all the countries, they're like sharks circling because um, we have not behaved well because we were the more powerful country. And um, I think the expression is... You're you're taking some of the edge off already. You don't want to condemn your country. You don't want to really see up close. I want to criticize my country. That's right. I have criticism. I have criticism for my country. Absolutely. I don't know. Criticism is one thing. But if you were asked, if you were asked to review all these different, let's say you get 30 agencies to review that are dedicated, they, they are formed for this purpose, to kill and maim and whatnot to protect the nation, I think you will have some rethinking to do. Thank you all for calling in and making it a very interesting time just talking. I like to talk. Let's do some more. Bye-bye.